So today's notes are going to revolve around two aspects of my Muay Thai training that I've wanted to improve lately. Number one is my roundhouse kicks. I felt that my roundhouse kicks have been very sporadic lately, and there are days where my roundhouse kicks will just feel like money. Um, my shin will hit the pads at the right spot, my hips will follow through completely, and I'll just spring back like a boomerang and there'll be a lot of power and there'll be a crack, kind of like a gunshot, when my shin hits the pad. And then there'll be days where my kicks will just feel like garbage, and I wouldn't know exactly why. I wouldn't be able to pinpoint the exact details of why some days my kicks would be bad. I have, I have some suspicions, you know, some days maybe my hip flexibility just isn't off, uh, just isn't on, some days maybe my balance is off, um, perhaps it's the distance that I don't have a really good grasp of, and it's one of those things where I feel like you have to feel it for yourself. Um, those of you who train Muay Thai, you'll probably understand what I'm saying, and it's not like you can ask a coach, right? You can ask a coach for tips on how to get better. And I've been training for a couple of months now. I've been training more than a couple of months now, actually. But it's to the point where my form is correct. And so when my coach looks at me when I feel that I'm having an off day, there will be nothing wrong with the form. But it would just be a very um, subconscious feeling. And it's really hard to describe why, but some days you'll just have off days, and I wanted to analyze that. I wanted to analyze um, the days that I didn't feel right. Um, I wanted to see what exactly, maybe maybe I could find some subtle details as to why my kicks, my kicks weren't feeling that the way they should be feeling, and maybe come up with some drills to try to improve in that aspect of my training. Number two, um, number two is the timing of punches and sparring. And so I don't spar a lot, just going to put it out there. But when I do spar, I feel like I am so shitty at the timing of punches and countering. Sure, we practice slipping, we practice all these drills, we practice Dutch drills and training in class. But boy, the first day of sparring did I learn that it's a different beast than training. It's a different beast than hitting the bag, hitting the pads, hitting the mitts. <clears throat> and... Suffice it to say, there is a lot to learn. Um, punching, it's hard to explain. Punching and sparring is just not quite like punching bags or mitts. Um, when you're sparring with a live, resisting opponent, he is giving you different feels. He's not just a standing target. And even when uh, you throw punches that land, it feels different because he's not a pad and he's not a mitt. And so when you throw a punch, unless it's spot on the money, your punch will land at an angle and it's a feeling that you quite haven't felt before and not 100% of your energy will transfer into that punch. Your punch will be deflected. Even when, Sometimes even when you hit them in the face, um, your punch will land at an angle that causes your fist to deflect sort of off and it will just feel very different. It'll interfere with your form, definitely, and it'll interfere with your timing, it'll interfere with the way you're able to slip. And so all of these little things, I wanted to see, um, I wanted to analyze in a little bit more detail. And so those are the two things that I'm going to look at in my notes today. So let's get into a bit of technical talk. Uh, first thing that we'll look at is the roundhouse kicks. In order to 
learn how to get better at my roundhouse kicks, I went back and watched a lot of footage of Muay Thai fighters, um, namely a couple that are my favorites uh, were Bwakao, Senshai, and there's also this uh, new fighter. There's also this fighter in one championship. His name is Xie Wei. He's a fighter from China, and he is a striking artist. Um, I watched a highlight reel of his, and the way that he's able to chain his strikes together is so fluid uh, that it just feels like art. And the way he throws his crosses, the way that he throws his straight punches, the way he throws his roundhouse kicks, every shot is so crisp and technical that it's like textbook. So I went back to watch a couple of their videos, and after watching a couple of matches, I think one thing I realized from all of them is that 90% of the time, they are throwing kicks with the flick of their hips. Um, there's a lot of hip rotation that's involved, and this is something that I've known before too, you know, your coach always tells you to throw your hips into the kick, and you definitely feel it on the kicks that are really powerful. It'll feel like you're throwing your whole body into the kick. But there's an extra detail that I hadn't noticed before, and that was that every time one of these fighters threw their kick, they, um, they started right back into neutral position. So this is true of Boakao, this is true of Senchai, Xiewei. Every time they threw a roundhouse kick, whether to the head or to the body, their hip would rotate like 180 degrees, it would hit the target with their shin, and then their hips would rotate back and they would be almost immediately, they'd all be ready, uh, position ready, cocked to throw either another punch or another kick. And this reminded me of a tip that my coach always told me, which is that you want to kick, well, two things. Number one, you want to kick as if you're hitting, kicking through the pad. And number two is that you want to kick with almost uh, the bouncing effect. So you want to kick hard, but you also want to kick hard enough that your leg can ricochet back into position. And this was something that has immensely helped a lot. I started training this with the mindset of instead of throwing my entire power ending at the pad, I would throw with 50% of my power when I landed on the pad. And then that's when I would exert more energy and cause my leg to kick back into neutral position. And so I felt like that trajectory has really helped me improve my form in Muay Thai. Um, if I think about the traditional trajectory of a kick, what most people probably think is their shin goes from the floor into the pad from zero to a hundred. And not that that's incorrect, that does give you a lot of power, but it, what it does take away from you is the balance after you've landed your kick. And so I think the way to think about it properly is that your shin goes from the ground, which is position zero, to the pad, which is position 50, and then back onto the ground where it started, back to square one, that's position 100. So when your shin hits the pad, that's only 50% of the move. The other 50% is getting your shin back to the ground. Um, it will feel a little weird at first, and it will feel like kind of off, but after you practice it for a session, 
you'll start to understand where the true essence of the roundhouse kick comes from. And the first thing, number one thing I realized after training this way was that, boy, were my back muscles sore, um, specifically my lower back muscles. When you start kicking like that with the mindset of bringing your shin as a boomerang to hit the target and then move back into position one, your back muscles will use a lot of energy. You'll throw your entire hips and core into the kick, and mainly you'll be using your core to push yourself back into position. And your lower back muscles really are an integral part of that motion. So it feels like it's a different muscle that you're exercising, but really what it is is that when you're kicking, you're not using enough of the back muscles. And so by training your lower back muscles, you'll be able to throw with much more powerful kicks. I also realized that you're throwing more quad into the kicks as well and not so much your shin. Uh, for me, what really helped was to think of my leg as an external sort of an external sort of appendage that I have. It wasn't really part of me. It was maybe more like a whip. And I was it was attached to my upper thigh. And so when I kicked, I really was exerting energy with my back and my thighs. And I would think of my shin as a whip um, that I didn't have control of. And I just wanted to snap back and forth. That was something that really helped a lot. And so when I trained like that, excuse me, and so when I started training like that, I felt that even on the days that I'd go slower, even on the days that I'd go slower, my kicks would be on form. And despite the, um, despite the decrease in agility, let's say, I would get the full power and exercise on the muscles that I needed to execute the move with complete control. And so... That's something that I should keep in mind next time is to correct, figure out the correct movement of whatever move that I'm practicing and practice it slow to understand truly all the muscles that I need to execute that move. All right, now going into the second thing that I'm going to analyze, which is the punches. Um, being comfortable with punching and sparring. And so... This is something that I still have, I feel, quite a long way to figure out. All told, for, for roundhouse, I'm just going to go back to roundhouse kicks as a, as a method of comparison, but for roundhouse kicks, I feel like it took me um, probably four or five months until I was able to be comfortable with throwing them on a regular basis and understanding where the power comes from. And then... Um, it took me another year to sort of figure out more subtle details like getting your hips rotated in or being able to kick with your shin to the target. Uh, for a long time, I was kicking with my ankle or the lower part of my shin. So it got much more powerful when I started kicking with my shin. Um, another thing was the direction that your planted foot is facing in. That also helped a lot. But it took me another year to get all of the finer details of the roundhouse kick dialed in. And I feel that the punching and sparring is something that comes, that will come along with even more time. Granted, I have only just started sparring, and 
I also don't spar a lot because I don't like getting hit in the face. So that's a part of my journey that will come along quite a bit slower than learning the other aspects of Muay Thai. However, I did want to analyze it um, so that I can get better and have a conscious plan to improve um, in my future trading sessions. So what better way to get better than to look at footage of fighters? Um, for me, it was actually, uh, it's kind of, I, so actually what I learned from this is that watching footage is helpful, but you have to watch footage of people that are on your level. And so I think the first thing I started out doing was trying to go to some UFC matches, you know, look at who's good at Muay Thai. I started watching Anderson Silva, um, Charles Oliveira, somebody who's been getting into more proper, very proper Muay Thai form uh, lately that I've been watching. And so I tried to start watching them. And there are things that you can get to help improve. But at that level, um, I feel the gap is just too prodigious in order for me to gain anything really substantial and immediately helpful out of that. And so it actually helped for me to go and watch some amateur matches of people who are more so on my level, more beginner um, in terms of fight experience, um, you can say. I watch people at my gym and try to get experience uh, and advice from my coaches. And so here are a couple of tips that I've got that have helped me so far. Number one is incorporating head movement and footwork with your punches. So I realized from watching a lot of the sparring at our gym that beginners, um, and begin when I say beginners, I'm talking about people who have trained like a year or two years. So these people are really, um, they have experience, just not that much in fighting. But they would throw punches, and the people who are really good would be able to move their head and move their feet and get their whole body position in the right place when they threw their punches. This includes when they were punching, this includes when they were defending, this includes when they were fading. And overall, there's just this factor of fluidity of motion that's really hard to describe. But for instance, um, if A and B were sparring and A threw a jab, then B would take a step back, move his head, slip to the outside, and return with a cross hook. And what I learned was that you have to have a very oneness of your motion, if that makes any sense. Um, the rhythm was very important, and this was advice that I got from a more experienced fighter at my gym. But the rhythm is one of the keys to being able to land counter punches effectively. And so, Let's just use one combo that I use a lot, which is I slip an outside from a jab and I return with a cross hook. Now, usually when I would do this, I would slip and then pause and then throw a cross hook. So the rhythm would be slip, cross hook, slip, cross hook. And to practice that, I would just practice having a partner um, throwing jabs at me. And every once in a while, I'd block, I'd slip, I would parry, and then I would slip, cross hook. And I learned that that's not the way that you need to do it. The way that you need to practice it is go slip, cross hook, slip, cross hook, slip, cross hook. You have to almost throw the counter immediately after your opponent throws 
his strike. And the reason is you don't want to give him time to move out of your shot because when he throws his shot, he'll immediately get out. And so the timing has to line up perfectly if you want to be able to land any counter punches at all. The second thing is the footwork. When you're throwing a slip cross hook, slip cross hook, you have to slip to the outside, but just enough so that you're still in distance when you throw the cross hook. Because the hook is a relatively shorter range punch, you don't want to be an arm's length away from your opponent when you throw the cross hook, because then your cross might land, but your hook will just be an empty punch. And so it's important to not be afraid, and when you slip, you're almost moving forward a little bit to, com uh, to compensate for your opponent moving back in case, you, in case he sees you countering with the cross hook. And so that will put you in perfect position to throw the cross hook. Um, this is definitely, all of this is definitely much easier said than done. I feel that I'm still learning how precisely to incorporate this into my training. So far, I've trying to work, I'm trying to work on the slip cross hook. And it always feels like I'm either maybe five inches or a couple of inches away. And I know that that's because my footing, while it is in the, while I do have the correct footing to throw the cross hook with power, I don't have the distance intuition yet. I need to slip closer to my opponent to be able to hit him with the cross hook. Um, so that's a couple of things that I need to work on. I'm also trying to work on the inside slip to hook cross. Very simple combos, but advice that I've got is that it doesn't really take too fancy motions to get good at fighting. Um, you can be excellent at just a simple jab, jab cross, jab, jab, jab cross, triple jab, jab cross. And if you have good movement, good uh, footwork, then that and that alone will enable you to hang in there with some of the most experienced fighters. It's really all about the basics. So these are all the notes that I have for today. Um, I hope you guys got something useful out of these and will try some of these techniques and tips that I've mentioned. I'll be analyzing more tips and tricks in the next couple of weeks to come. And for now, I will sign out. Bye-bye.